Today on Locked On Red Wings, should Detroit try and sign New Jersey defenseman Damon Severson? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's a freelance journalist over for the Detroit News as well as a freelance journalist. Uh, I, already just, I already said that. Host of Lockdown Tigers is the other thing. You're so good at being a journalist that it was worthy of saying twice. That's how good you are at writing. Sure. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Got a little ahead of myself looking ahead at that ad read. <laughs> I'm real excited to read about FanDuel. Uh, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about we're gonna, really our first real dip into free agency talk. Uh, we are putting it Ooh. off. Happy June, by the way, Scotty, as this airs June 1st. Yes, people. yes, it's June, baby. Finally, yep. uh, finally, some summer in here, and yeah, I'm pumped to finally start talking about free agency. You know, this is a uh, a this whole off season. We've been talking for the last two months about how important the off season is, how important it is, how important it is, but we haven't actually looked at the market and and who is out there for the wings to kind of bring on board. So the fact that we're starting to do that here over the next month will be super fun. And free agency starts July 1st, so this being June 1st puts us exactly a month out. I know we technically talked about Tyler Bertuzzi, but I don't really count that as like the start of our free agent conversation because that was just like he played for the Red Wings. Should we bring him back after his good Boston Bruins playoff performance? So now is where we really begin, and you said it, man. We got to look at the free agency and talk about who's there, and we've said it a lot of times, but this free agent class is weak. Um, the guy we're going to talk about today in Damon Severson is probably the best defenseman on the market age wise, performance wise. He had a career year. He's only 28 years old. He'll be 29 by the start of the season, right side of 30. He fits the Red Wings window. But the problem is Scotty, like I just said, he's the best defenseman on an otherwise weak market, which means every single NHL team is probably going to be taking a crack at him, which means he is going to go for a lot of money. So I guess when we're talking about whether or not we should bring Severson in, I mean, that's the first question we should answer is like, is he going to be worth what he's going to be going for on the open market? He made $4.1 million last season. He'll probably be commanding more than Ben Chirot did this last year. Ben Chirot is making about $4 million. So he's going to be looking at five or 6 million. Is he worth that much? Yeah, I, I think you're in the ballpark there for sure. So he he had the whatever it was, four point one mil last year, and that was a four or five year deal, I believe. Yeah. So he he's been rocking about that AAV for uh for four or five, maybe even six years now. Kind of pretty pretty long term deal that he originally signed there. So uh definitely career year, contract year, huge year for the devils, just like all around everything heading in the right direction for him to get a raise. Uh, you know, I think it's really hard to look at the defenseman, the, the, the blue line of the Detroit Red Wings and go, Oh, well with the amount of cap space we have for five and a half to $6 million AAV, we can add a guy like this to it and be like, eh, I don't think so. It's really difficult for me to do that. I think that this would be, 
a great addition. Uh, and I think that the flexibility of the cap that the Red Wings have makes it a lot and his age, right? Make it both of those factors make it a lot easier, I, I think, to to kind of sell the fan base and and the team on bringing in uh, a guy for that AAV that he's probably going to patrol. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really tough conversation because we've talked a lot about this team needing to take a huge step forward. I don't think Damon Severson makes you take that big step forward, but he's a right-handed defenseman. He's a good puck-moving defenseman, not afraid to block shots. He was very good for the New Jersey defenseman. He's not necessarily... 33 points in 81 games for a defenseman is not bad. Like, this is a guy who's going to probably play... I mean, he played top three minutes. I have it written down here. He played... He was third on the team in five-on-five minutes, but was third amongst all defensemen because defensemen typically play more minutes. There's less defensemen on a team than there are forwards uh, with the New Jersey Devils this past year. He's a guy who checks a lot of boxes for the Detroit Red Wings, but their biggest need still is goal scorer. And I, with as much cap space as they have, and they have $30 million, they're, what did I say, $8 million under the floor. You do have to kind of take a look into the future, right? And say, okay, well, in a couple of years, you're going to have to resign Walman, or not Walman, uh, well, Walman in three, but, you know, Raymond and Cider here sooner rather than later to long term deals, especially Cider if you want to get him cheaper before his value continues to rise. And then you're looking at a situation where you're tying up a lot of cap space in Severson, in Sherratt, in Cider, in Cop, in Larkin. And then all of a sudden, just like that, you're out of cap space. So I could see an argument. I like Severson a lot, and I'm going to continue to advocate other things about his play, but it's just that cap hit number in a weak free agency class. It makes me balk a little, which makes me understand a little bit why Eisenman went so hard last offseason uh, making the, the signings he did because it was a deeper free agent class and could get guys on cheaper value because there was more competition. This year, there's less competition. I'm just afraid Severson is going to get way more than he should on any other given market because of that, he already made $4.1 million, which is, on, in my opinion, honestly fair for what he brings to the table. But when you're talking close to like $5 million, maybe when you get close to $6 million, that's a tough sell for me. I would agree. I, I would agree that the the closer you get to 6 the harder it is. Like I said, I, I was kind of in the 5.5, give or take, half uh, a mil range. And, and I think that that's a decent kind of – starting point for this conversation and and if you just want to like go there i think that's probably most people's limit i I think once to your point i think once you get into that kind of six mil range is is maybe where it gets a little shaky but you know just just with how much help this blue line still needs and and it's it's tough (laughs) it's really tough because like this team still needs a lot like to be honest right like this this team still needs a lot to be a perennial kind of contender to get over the hump that that we want to see I I mean we they still have so many holes offensively that we want them to go out and address uh but I, I don't think you can just forget about the blue line either now if my choice is like this route and then maybe that's like the big uh, addition of the offseason and maybe the, we, we don't add goal scoring then. That would probably rub me the wrong way, I guess I'd say. But uh, I, mean, I if think you in a vacuum, again, if you're around that five, five and a half range AAV, I, I, I think it's it's hard not to like the addition. 
Yeah, it is. And like, if you if you're looking at other, that's the thing too. Is his biggest draw is the fact that he plays right side and he brings a good right hand. He could play your second line right handed defenseman. But do you really want to play your second line right handed defenseman? Five six million dollars. Yeah, right-handed thing is a big deal as well. Because the Red Wings do lack right-handed D-man in their in their system. They they have like next to no one who's NHL ready at that spot. And if you're looking at the draft, you have two big names in the first round who are right-handed D-men, and that's going to be Axel Sandin Palika and uh, Reinbacher, who are two guys we still have to profile yet. But Palika's five foot eleven. You know, Eisman doesn't. He's a good, really good puck-moving defenseman. But you know that Eisenman doesn't really draft a defenseman that are under six foot. Reinbacher fits the bill. I think he's six foot three. So he'd fit the bill perfectly, but he'll probably go before 17th overall. So you'd have to take him with the ninth overall pick if you're going to. Is Eisenman going to take a defenseman over a really deep class at winger this year? Who knows? So it's a really tough situation where Severson, despite that cap hit, might still be your best option to make this team immediately better. Just Will it be worth it to swallow that cap hit down the line? I know the cap hits salary caps going up. It's just, it's that balancing act. This is a weak free agency class, but we're advocating for this team to take a step forward. So if you want to play devil's advocate, this is a guy who will make the team better in the now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, like with, even if adding a defenseman is not this team's biggest quote unquote need, uh, it, it certainly is still something that we would like to see addressed and that an addition would be more than welcome. So it's just, it's like this fine line of if, you know, I don't want the whole off season just to be adding to the blue line because they have so much else they need to address, but it's really hard to look at. And we'll talk about the the player himself here after the break, but like, it's really hard to look at his profile and be like, Oh yeah, I don't want that on my hockey team. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk more about what makes him such a compelling argument for signing on the other side of this break. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. Championship is starting today. By the time you guys are listening to this, I believe it starts on Thursday. Uh, Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. I like to use FanDuel all the time. For my, uh, I keep them real cheap, just like one, two dollar bets on uh, the money lines, and I've I've been on fire, Scotty, lately. I'm like, honest to God, I bet the other day I bet the uh, Vegas Golden Knights outright, and I bet the Miami Heat outright, and won both those bets, made a whopping five dollars. Gotta love it. I'm a low roller, absolutely all the way through. But we totally streak. believe you, dude. Do you want the safe space? No, we we believe you. God, he's the worst. Uh, there's no better place bet all, to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Uh, we're talking about Damon Severson, and we talked a lot about his cap hit in segment one. Uh, about how he's going to be commanding a lot. And let's be honest, that is the biggest talking point. We're talking about guys in this free agency classes with how shallow the free agency pool is. There's not a lot of guys to choose from. And a lot of guys who probably wouldn't be getting paid as much as they would normally are, are going to be paid that much. And Severson's one of those guys who's going to get paid this offseason. He's the most attractive defenseman in the free agency class. Let's talk a little bit, Scotty, about what makes him so such an attractive player. 
Um, obviously, we've talked about how he had 33 points in 81 games played. He's a right-handed defenseman, but that's just that's like scratching the surface. One, I mean, the points with defensemen, that's not even – I mean, it does matter in modern NHL, let's be honest, Kale McCarr, Eric Carlson, Adam Fox, guys like that. People care about that kind of thing, but For there's sure. so much more. It's such a, it's a dynamic position. What makes him so special? Well, if you're looking for, uh, well, I, I guess I, we kind of talked about a lot in, in segment one, but if this team is truly looking to bolster the defensive defensiveness of this blue line, then, you know, kind of a, a look no further, I guess, situation, arguably one of the best options on the free agency market, if you want to do that. I mean, this is very much a guy that, like you said, maybe lower point total, but uh, is is absolutely without a doubt going to be a I guess I'll use the word upgrade based on like whoever else is, is gonna I don't know the the pairings we'd have to go through later on, on what they would look like but it, it would certainly bolster your defensive presence on the blue line significantly I know we were talking a little bit off air before uh, we started recording about his his expected goals four percentage and everything on the season just kind of past every single metric with flying colors on the season really had the definition of a career year. Yeah. So the six foot two defenseman, he was third, like I already stated in the first segment, third at five on five minutes on the New Jersey devils. He was, I believe, um, I uh, had it up real quick, but he was also, he was second in five on five at Corsi four. He was fifth, at five on five with Corsi four percentage on the Devils, he was first in expected goals four. He was first on the team in expected goals four at five on five. He was third on the team in expected goals four percentage. He was third on the team in block shots, and he's eighth amongst all defensemen in the NHL. This is the big one: eighth amongst all defensemen in the NHL at expected goals above replacement. And I believe of all the defensemen, he led the team in power play minutes with 110. So he did everything the New Jersey Devils asked for him and he's not going to and people will wonder why he's not going to get paid with the Devils this offseason considering the Devils are going to have I think like under let's see here it's at the very top they only have a projected cap hit right now 49 million dollars I think they're 20 million dollars under the cap floor right now but he's not going to get re-signed with them because they have one two three four five six Seven RFAs to sign right now, not even including the guys who are non-rostered, not yeah. including the guys who are in their uh in their system, in their depth. And that includes another one, two, three, four, five, six UFAs. They have a ton of guys who are eligible for contracts this offseason. And Damon Severson being 28, about to be 29, the longest tenured New Jersey Devil is unfortunately gonna be the odd man out because they're gonna have to pay Jesper Bratt. They're gonna have to pay. Jesper Boquist, uh, Timo Meyer, Igor Sharanagovich, or how do you pronounce that? I guessed on that one. But they're going to have to pay all those guys. They can't afford to pay Severson, too. So he's going to hit the open market. So despite how good he was at five-on-five at producing offense and preventing chances for the other team, he's going to be a free agent. And the Red Wings desperately need somebody who can produce offense from the back end to create opportunity because he's a puck moving defenseman. He's not going to score a lot of goals, but he's a playmaker from the back end. He can move the puck. He's not afraid of blocking shots. He's everything that the Red Wings need. And that's why they need a guy like him so much. I just, again, bring it back to, is he going to be worth what he's going to cost? Well, especially just given the 
Red Wing system that is now implemented. Like, doesn't that profile sound like Lalone's like dream? Oh yeah, no, defenseman? yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you were to to create a defenseman in a lab that like perfectly <laughs> encapsulates and can perfectly execute Newsy's system as, as a team, like this is literally it. Like, this is a uh, doesn't need to score a lot of goals, but is going to move the puck a lot, going to find open ice a lot, and is going to limit chances on the defensive end. Uh, I'm not sure there's a, a more perfect fit system-wise than him, uh, but as we've been saying this entire time, it's it's not going to be for, uh, for a shallow cost either. It's just insane. I mean, this is a guy who's playing on an absolutely stacked roster, yet he led the team and expected goals for it five-on-five. Like, that is incredible. And a lot of that has to do with the amount of minutes he's playing. Because remember, expected goals for is accumulative. So the more minutes you play, the the more that number is going to shift and change. But when you switch it to relative, expected goals for percentage relative, he was fifth on the team at 4.26. So he was the fifth best player on the ice versus off the ice. Yeah, The team was almost in, almost five goals for better when he was on the ice for 60 minutes. Like, that's... <laughs> he's, he's a really, really good defenseman and he deserves to get paid. But are you willing to pay that five, $6 million when you know you're going to have more money? This is where, this is where I, I want to ask you, Scotty, this is where a situation I ask, am I becoming too much of a penny pincher when the Red Wings have tons of cap space or like, am I, am I justified in my worry about his contract? No, I, I, I don't. In a salary cap sport, I don't think you can ever be too much too much of a penny pincher. Oh, penny pincher you can be, but too like worrisome about uh, like salary cap situation. Like that really that stuff creeps up real fast, and uh, you you blink, and next thing you know, and, and they're gonna have to dish out extensions to Cider and Raymond probably in the next calendar year, and that is not gonna be a, a small amount added to the cap space like that's going to be pretty substantial and so uh no i i don't think it's it's again when there's a limit to how much money you can spend you should always be trying to find best value you should never just be like oh well we can just throw around money for free because three players signings later and you're already out of cap again yeah so no i i don't think you're being too uh, i don't think you're like overthinking it or anything um the biggest thing for me and if we don't have time we can get to it after the break is uh where does where is the fit on the defensive on the blue line currently? I'm like, really I, I glad you brought talk that about up. What, uh, like, who would be his like? Who would be the other half of his pair? Like, who? Uh, I mean, we're presuming. You know, we mentioned earlier that it would be kind of a, a second thing, just with like Cider and Woman at the top. But like, I don't know. I I, I want to talk about. It's great that he fits the system well, but I want to talk about where he fits on the actual roster and in the lineup card as well. I'm really glad you brought that up because uh, that's something I wanted to talk to you about as well. And we will get to that in segment three. So stay tuned to Locked On Red Wings. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Scotty brought up an interesting question right there at the end of segment three. And I'm glad you did about his fit on the blue line with the Red Wings. And I say that's really interesting because, Scotty, he played most of his time this season on defensive pairing number one with the New Jersey Devils, uh, according to Evolving Hockey. A lot of his time was spread out playing on 
D1. He played time on D2 and even at D3 at times. But the bulk majority of his total 1,400 minutes this season was played at D1. But that's not going to be the case of the Detroit Red Wings. On the right-hand side, Moritz Sider is your bona fide D1. So, Scotty, to your question, where does where does this fit? Right. Exactly. I, I, I think that it's... Uh... I, I I have a hard time. This is where the the value thing really I, I think uh, hits home to people, right? Because on paper, again, if if you're just trying to sell straight up for like player and dollar sign, just in a vacuum, uh, is he going to be worth what we give him if it's around that five five and a half? million dollar range I think most people would be like yeah that's that's about right that's what he'll get on the market the tougher sell I think is do you want to give five five and a half even million dollars to a second pair defenseman I I think that that the wording and the terminology and the optics of that is honestly a tougher sell than just trying to convince you that him the player is worth that salary I don't know if that makes sense but like it, it it's 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 definitely a, a, a question when you word it like that. And I think he would be, I, I think you have to put him on the second pair. I think Sider's yeah. your, your right side at the top. Um, and I don't think you, I guess you could kind of just say, forget, forget it. We're just going to play two righties at the top. But I don't, I think they'd, they'd rather just kind of stick with what they have up there. I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting discussion, but I think that he probably finds himself on the second pair. And I guess who's with him? Well, that's the that's the big question, right? You know, he's not an overly physical defenseman despite his size. He blocks a lot of shots, but he doesn't throw a lot of hits. I think he only had around 40 hits this year. I'd have to double check on that one uh, on hockey reference. But if you, you have two left-handed defensemen who are big boys who aren't afraid to get physical and Simon Edmondson, yeah. who you would hopefully he'll take a little bit, but he's going to be healthy and playing for the Red Wings at some point this next season. Uh, I know he had that surgery, but also Ben Sherat and Ben Sherat, you're paying to be a top four defenseman. So might as well play him with somebody who is, and we talk about this too. Chemistry matters. We've seen it. Sometimes guys who play the same style mesh well together, like Wolman and cider uh, and some guys who sometimes guys who play opposite styles like Mata and Hronik play really well together. So you'd have to do a little bit of mix and matching. But in an ideal world, I think you pair someone like Damon Severson with somebody who is going to complement his skill set. And I think that could be an Edvinson. He'd also be a great mentor for Edvinson. If not, it could be Sherratt. Hell, you could if you or maybe Oli Mata is such a defensively sound like you have so many options right. on the left side. I think it's more of a plug and play plug and play situation situation with Severson. Like he might end up carrying that pair, let's be honest, but like that's okay. You're going to find that fit. My question becomes would you be able to lure him here? Like this is a guy who's in the prime of his career and he's going to be the mo- biggest hot commodity on the free agent market. You know, you can afford to pay him, but are you going to be a appetizing location for him? Is the Detroit Red Wings organization in a position to say, hey, we can get you a Stanley Cup before you retire? Right. And. Not that he's yeah, like going to retire I, tomorrow, in, but. In general, I am not too terribly worried about the recruitment of players. 
Um, I, I think that most of the league is kind of on the same page that the Red Wings are on the up and up. Steve Eiserman clearly seems to be pretty good at that as well. We've seen so many players talk about how the reason they came here was because of Steve Eiserman. I know it hasn't really been anyone of that caliber yet, but I think that that's still something that we can kind of have some confidence in. In general, I'm not like if 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 you're going to give him his asking price and and put him on a team where where he looks around what is he 28 29 mm-hmm. like i i think in general i'm not too terribly worried about that i'm kind of like double thinking in my well, head like Eisenman am i is, worried about that but I, I don't think you should be um, i don't think i am Eisenman has it, proven it, time and time again that he's able to recruit guys to come to detroit like right. people talk about Oh, Iserman calls and they get excited to pick up the phone because it's Steve freaking Iserman. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I guess one of my, like the, again, like that, that's really the reason that I kind of have confidence in that department. But um, I, I do think that there's something to be said for role, right? Like if, if somebody is going to offer him the same money and a team that also was uh, kind of on the, either on the up and up like trajectory wise or just straight up a playoff team. And they were like, Hey, we'll get you top pair minutes and first unit power play minutes or PK minutes or whatever. You, you, you'll go out there and you'll get legitimate playing time and we can match the money versus Detroit. Like you're not going to surpass Moritz Sider for you could sign a 10 year deal. You wouldn't surpass Moritz Sider on the, on the blue line. You know what I mean? Like you will just always be, behind him in, in terms of role on the team. So I, I think that's more of, again, if, if you if you match the price, you match the price. But I think that there is something to be said for that. I, I agree, but I also think that the Red Wings are going to be in a situation where they might be one of those teams that are the most attractive. I mean, you look at teams who are playoff bound and have a lot of cap space, but also have like the ice time to give a guy like Damon Severson. There's not a lot of teams. Like, okay, so let's say here. So Colorado has $13 million in cap space coming up this off season. Like that's, that's a sizable chunk yeah. uh, for a team. That's a playoff contender, a Stanley cup contender, but you know, they have their defensive core. So he'll have to take a middle pair role. I mean, granted I'd probably take that like that middle pair role in Colorado, Colorado. That's pretty awesome. But you're talking yeah, I, about, I like, think about it, but yeah, right. Uh, there's not a lot of teams that have that, have that to value or to offer. I think the best team, fit wise might be like Buffalo or Carolina. Cause those are genuine. Like Carolina's in win mode now have a ton of cap space so they can pay you whatever they want. They're under yeah. the cap floor going into the off season or maybe like Buffalo because they're a huge up and coming team as well. And I mean, they have such a great defensive core too with Darlene and power, but there there's going to be only a handful of teams that can give you the balance of money and youth that to get you full value out of your, your tenure there. And the Red Wings are one of them. And I mean, you know, you want to talk about player and he's going to get special teams time. Yeah, he did oh, it with yeah. New Jersey and he's going to here. He was above goals, replace above, above a goal, above replacement level player at goals, above replacement at power play and shorthanded with the New Jersey devils. And he'll do that the same with the Detroit Red Wings. Let me pull up his player card here, Scotty, because this is something I've been waiting excitedly to show you all, uh, all episode here. He's got to find the right one. Check out his player card. This is insane. That looks interesting. But that is, he is a 81 
90% overall defenseman at goals above replacement. Top 19% in the NHL. Uh, but really, obviously, there's something here that sticks out more than anything. His yeah. expected goals above replacement breaks the chart. Yeah, His expected. <laughs> so that's why. So we like expected, right? Wow. And obviously, Prashanth talks a lot about, um, you know, those expected metrics. He hosts the podcast, expected by whom? Expected likes to try and assign a value for what should have happened, not what did happen. And he breaks the chart with his expected goals above replacement, where his actual is actually slightly under replacement level. That means despite how good he was this season, metrically, he should have been even better. And that's insane. You can see he is a positive aspect, asset at expected goals above replacement at even strength defense, at uh, power play offense, at shorthanded defense, and at taking penalties where sometimes the result wasn't there. And that's crazy given how good that Devils team was. This shows you that in every conceivable metric, he should have been even better than he was with an already dynamite New Jersey Devils team. And that's an insane thing to think about, especially when you look at that even strength offense being above 12 expected goals above replacement. (laughs) That just really sticks out there, doesn't it? it? It does. And I think what I've heard in the past is that that also could mean that the graph is not it, something's breaking the graph. He's doing something that evolving hockey's model isn't taking into account. That's absolutely just skyrocketing in his value. That that this model I mean, has something it has to learn to figure out why he's doing this. Because I remember we had the conversation with Mark Stahl last year, where I think his even strength defense at goals above replacement was insane. But we knew who Mark Stahl was, and he wasn't that player. So it could also just mean that metrically something's not right with the algorithm. Yeah, I mean, regardless, though, like, yeah, everything else is still like, yeah, even if you cut that in half, you know what I mean? Like that, that's still a, a mm-hmm. very, very productive player. There we go. So I learned something new. And that was the first time I screen shared on the new system. That's what that wow, looks like. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the conversation, guys. Damon Severson, he's going to be. The best defenseman on the free agent market is going to command a, on a, in a weak free agent market. He's going to command a lot of money because a lot of teams are going to be interested. But he checks a lot of boxes for the Detroit Red Wings. So it really comes down to this: Are you willing to pay him what he's going to be demanding to make this team better? That's what it comes down to. Absolutely. Are Let you asking know. me, or are you saying that that's I'm what it comes it, down to? Leaving it open-ended. <laughs> open-ended. <laughs> okay. Uh, let us know what you guys think in the comments. Would you be willing to pay Damon Severson? Or would you be willing to uh, take a gamble on somebody in the draft or somebody through trade? Let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every Every day. day.